All right, Heavy Radio, episode 12 in the building. Heavy Radio Marco, 12. How are you doing? Doing well on we this here. September 13th, 2020. It is, man. Time is crazy moving fast. How have you been, sir, since we spoke last? Ah, doing, doing well. Doing well. Good, good. I, uh, I actually thought of you last night because... My fiance and I decided to order a pizza, and we used uh, an app uh, to order the pizza. And evidently, five—well, I was told two to five drivers arrived at the same pizza place to pick up the uh, the order. So, um, ultimately, the pizza place called me and said, "Hey, man, sorry, we gave your food to one driver. We don't know who they are, and they drove away. And there's two other drivers or whatever that." We're still trying to pick the pizza up. So, um, but he's like, call me back, dude. If they don't show up, we'll get it figured out. So that was cool. So I called him back. Um, they got it all figured out. The manager was cool. He's like, all right, man, I got your pizza on the way. I was like, awesome, dude. Appreciate it. I don't know what happened. He's like, me either. But it was all good. <clears throat> so got the pizza. Pizza was awesome. I looked back at the app, and I saw that my money was returned because it was canceled. So... Um, like Keanu Reeves in that movie, I got free fucking pizza. And so free fucking pizza. I said it out loud. Free pizza. <gasps> it was free. Forgiveness is divine, my... but never pay full price for late pizza. I don't, it was late. And my fiance was definitely hangry by that point. And I was like, babe, but it was free fucking pizza. It was free pizza. And she just looked at me. She wasn't having it. Wow. She ate a pizza. We were all good. Yeah. I feel like that makes me just want to watch Ninja Turtles, the movie. Yep. Because you didn't pay full price for that late pizza. No. Yeah, I guess that we've learned everything I've know. Everything we've learned about pizza has been. I think that kind of uh, shows that even though technology is far more advanced, it's not always easier. Because why would that even happen? There's no. There's no. uh, reason for that kind of glitch dollars to donuts i need to be able to exchange my money for for pizza like if you just called uh, it if you called the dude on a phone where you had to push the buttons and Mm. it was a landline yeah that would probably not happen but you used you know a little magical box of technology and didn't have to talk to anyone but then three drivers or five or something went to get your pizza Sometimes you <coughs> hang, you're at home on a Friday night and you go to Blockbuster and you rent a bunch of VHS and then you beg your parents to get the big New Yorker um, and then it comes with Darth Maul's face on it and it's greasy, but it's great. I mean, speaking of the Keanu, and uh, I, was, I was actually listening to a podcast with uh, Chris Matheson, who is one of the writers of Bill and Ted, uh, 1, 2, and 3. And um, mm-hmm. he told this story about just how Keanu was always kind of this solid dude. And uh, um, he like came to the set really excited. And he was like, Chris, you got to check out this flick. And it was Evil Dead 2. And he was really amped on it. And, and I just thought that was awesome. Like, I feel like that he got genuinely excited about that. I mean, I, I don't blame him. I did. And, and we found that movie, you know, from Cliff Burton wearing the t-shirt of it. And, uh, feel like the metric as to if you're a solid 
person or not is probably you know what you think of Evil Dead too. That uh, tied into exactly what I was going to say. I watched a it's a four hour documentary. I didn't intend to watch all of it, but I did. Um, but <clears throat> it's called In Search of Darkness, and it's just all about they go year by year through the eighties for all the horror movies and uh Alex Winters in there speaking of and when they got to Evil Dead 2 I was laughing cuz it reminded me of a uh, watching that for the first time cuz they were talking about watching it for the first time back in the day and the impact and it still hit hard whenever we saw it, it was a 2004 3 4 yeah it's yeah. one of those weird things movie don't i feel quit. like if sam raimi knew that keanu loved evil dead he would probably like have him in a new evil dead movie or something like these worlds need to collide <laughs> Why not? Evil the, Evil the Dead Rise, I guess, is the new one, and Bruce Campbell was talking about it on on his social medias. I could use some Keanu either being funny or doing some John Wick shit. And does anyone? I know, I know, Bruce Dead Campbell Bruce. is trying to escape from it and retire or whatever. But does anyone that ever loved Evil Dead care that Bruce Campbell's old? I don't. I don't think so. It's not one of those. It's not one so of those pieces of art that anyone's going to be like, oh, he's old now. No, it just, if anything, I thought it made it almost funnier in a way. Yeah, I thought they did a, I thought they did a great job of like cracking about how, um, how he's getting older. Yeah, just those even those the cool beginning names. with him they, like they did great. using the fucking girdle to, and he's listening to fucking space trucking. It just started off yep. with a bang. Good show. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's the season, dude. I got fall leaves on my background. It's getting the fall season. I'm watching horror movies. So, yeah, I'm going to have to rewatch the... I haven't watched the original Evil Dead, number one, in a long time. So I just watched like The and Collector that. and The Collection. You ever see those movies? Uh-uh. Pretty gnarly no. horror movies. I think it was t- tied into the same A writer that worked on some of the Saw movies. But definitely check it out. It's kind of like sometimes that body horror, that kind of like brutal stuff is not always my thing. But this, these are really creative and really well done. And there's actually some things, as hard as it is to find some things that have not happened in horror movies before, I think they do that in each of those movies. So think about checking those it's out. It's the season, man. I'm hyped. Yeah. I'm, going, I'm going for Halloween decorations after this episode actually so and you know that's how real shit is so right now. september 13th so this episode is a joint birthday mm. party for dave mustaine from megadeth tim ripper owens and uh yeah and also vinnie apice all of them share a birthday today september 13th that would be a hell of an album right there apice mustaine be, and ripper i was just gonna say that's a gang right there happy birthday y'all mm, i'm down and then uh, Happy birthday, September sirs. 13th in 1988, King Diamond releases the album Them. So there's some, some spooktacular, good, good album. Uh, sp- spooktacular nugget for you. Look out behind you. If we went back in time to 1988, called. we could be first day buyer of Them by King Diamond. That's rad. Cool, cool. Yeah, just uh, speaking of horror movies, the one I have on my list, this this call made me think of it. There's a Shudder original called Host that I want to see still. I think it came out last year, but 
looking at you now, looking at our visages, our our sights on this computer screen. Made me think of it. Um, so yeah, so uh, there has been um, some news this week. Definitely wanted to cover um, some fun stuff um, coming in. So <clears throat> the Vakan Open Air Festival, which I'm sure all of you guys um, are aware of that show. Uh, I still haven't been, but I definitely definitely want to as soon as I can. This one sounds like a badass one for 2021. Um, Slipknot, Udo, Death Angel, and At The Gates were just confirmed for uh, Valken 2021. That's a hell of a combo. Uh, next July. Yeah, that's some that's some ripping, man. Gripping and ripping right there. So um, I would see all that shit. So uh, definitely, if you can make it at the Valken Festival, um, it looks like a badass Make one. them drink that blood. Udo. Oh, man. Put a bomb in everyone's ass. I've been ass. so into Udo lately. <laughs> I've been listening to so much Udo over the last year. Oh, man. yeah. I feel like I don't know why I slept on those no, records. He but was like, I'm atoning for my. I don't think sins. like he's ever been accused of uh, resting on his laurels. Nope. Still making good stuff. Solo album, man, with except. So yeah, this, that would be awesome. Even I, never, I miss Slipknot so many if times. If he looks like Hank Hill's dad now, he's still, he's still <laughs> fucking ripping. In camo. <laughs> I've I uh, I was supposed to see Slipknot last. Was it last year they came through Austin and I missed them for whatever reason and um, <clears throat> so I still need to see them. So that would be cool. Death Angel, haven't seen, um, always wanted to, and at the gates, I've gotten more into over the years, and that'd be rad. So, Falcon just looks sweet, man. I just want to eat a turkey leg over an open fire. Oh, who else? Oh, Juice Priest is oh, on there. Oh, little band you might have heard of. Um, little band called Juice Priest. Little band called Venom. Um, Venom. Yeah. Is this Venom? Yeah, brother. It is. Yeah, dog. I'm looking right at it. Uh, so yeah, that looks red. So hell yeah, cool. excited for that. Uh, other news story I have is um, for you out there listening at home. <clears throat> Marco and I talk a lot about the Turning Point albums. I'm sure you guys have them yourselves, like albums that really cemented like, oh, I don't just kind of like metal music. Like this is this is my life. This is my lifestyle. Um, that one of those albums for us was Pantera's Reinventing the Steel released in the summer of 2000 um huge great album huge huge influence on us as far it's as just cementing like, oh, this is, it is a goddamn electric album and um after 20 years they are uh re-releasing it and they went all out uh, as far as the re-release the the cd um digital version is going to be three albums worth of stuff they got um terry date the um their producer from the first uh, the first four records um to come remix the whole thing and um there's unreleased music bonus tracks probably some live i think some live shit and um i heard the three that they've previewed that comes out october 30th by the way and i've heard the three that they've previewed and you can tell you can hear the difference instantly as far as the Damn. mix and that um, tour's live show is still like the pinnacle for me like I don't, there's, I've never yeah. seen anything like it. Yep. 
my parents my parents took us all um i was actually talked to my mom about that yesterday that show so um that was some fun shit man uh yeah they uh parents took us um and then our buddy Corey, marco and i went to the show at age 14 there's like a wall um, of flames and that like singed my arm hair i'm like how is fucking how is Vinny Paul not a fucking Vinny. barbecued up there, bro? Yeah, and there was just the pit was the craziest pit I've ever seen. I think Morbid Angel opened for them. It yeah. was fucking crazy. <laughs> it was a, the most brutal shit I had seen. My 14 year old brain could not handle what I was seeing and probably couldn't. Yeah, know. and I think um, I it was legit. I like jumped down onto the floor and like dodged like so many different spikes and chains because it was like before you know you could just have whatever i don't think they really stopped anybody yeah and like this was this was a different bottles go flying by and it was crazy there's you know all kinds of sense of of uh of the mighty weed in the air and it's just like uh yeah dodging bodies flying people flying over your head shoes flying by you and then uh I get to the I believe front, if I'm not, get to the front, and Phil Anselmo yeah. steps back, and he's like, "All right, motherfuckers, this is Suicide Note Part Two. And I was like, "Oh no, this is a, this is quite the time it. to be in very front at a Pantera concert." And then I got thrashed over to be, and I was like right in front of Dimebag for like the rest of the show. So it was fucking amazing. Lucky, yeah, man. it was crazy. I was watching from the balcony. Well, it was crazy taking in this wave of humanity they don't make them like that anymore no me. check it yeah definitely so, i'm interested in giving this a listen and i was thinking for you specifically um so i know you collect um vinyl they're doing a vinyl version that's supposed to come out in january it's going to be on um on silver vinyl, wow so hell yeah definitely check that out so I believe it's silver watch so, it go yeah. And they redid the cover, so yeah, watch it go, blow it up, get your pull. Um, the other one I had was um, <clears throat> Megadeth's Dave Mustaine said that he <clears throat> originally didn't think that Rest in Peace was going to be a hit, which is crazy um, for all of us that love that record. But evidently, when he was making it, <clears throat> according to uh, a recent interview with Blabbermouth, he said that... uh. He was surprised it's going to be a hit. So I guess those things, those are kind of the things you don't really know. No one knows they're going to yeah. make a landmark. Well, I think at the time the substances were running high. Like no one knew, no <laughs> one knew anything about what oh, was yeah. going to happen the next day. Exactly. I started the the book he wrote with Rest in Peace, and I was excited to see that it wasn't just um, Dave telling the story, but he also have David Ellison in there. Um, and the other guys in, that have um, been in the band and management and stuff. So it's, it's yeah, cool, that's cool. Uh, because trip, even for if you've heard, I feel all. like David and Marty's version may, from that time period, be potentially more accurate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, they were uh, they were having a bunch of fun and not fun. <laughs> they were living it. They were definitely living it. So. Uh, but yeah, the book's been really cool. So if you if you're a Megadeth fan, that's a must to pick up for sure. Hot off the press, we got Evil Dead announces a new album, The United States of Anarchy. It's their first album in 29 years, coming out this October 30th. Produced by Bill Matoyer, and uh, 
Seminal artist Edward J. Repka has once again joined them to illustrate the cover of their new album. So that's uh, Evil Dead with United States of Anarchy. First album in 29 years. That's uh, yeah, That might damn. be a record as far as a gap is concerned. I know, you know, um, right. X-Order had a long gap, and uh, uh, but I think this one takes the cake. Um, but yeah, you got Bill Matoyer, who's that's done badass. stuff for Fate's Warning and Flotsam and Jetsam. Well, he did vocals, actually, on those records with... Uh, but he was what he worked for Metal Blade Records and did all kinds of shit. So that's cool. And then, um, um, oh, yeah. always good to see. Yeah, yeah. So that is a wild little tidbit. You know, he's done Wasp albums, DRI, Sacred Reich. So it's probably going to be cool. Needless to say, it's probably going to be cool. Hell yeah! But. Uh, Exciting. There's things, some fun metal stuff to look forward to. Yeah, so and right. uh, we do have to, unfortunately, we got to pay some bills here. Um, wah, wah. This episode of Heavy Radio is brought to you by Sylvester Stallone's High Protein Pudding. 20 grams of protein, low-carb, sugar-free, milk chocolate-flavored Stallone's High Protein Pudding. For those people who want to get swole and don't think it's weird to eat pudding from a can, check it out. Sylvester Stallone's high-protein pudding. And the um, lawyers made us put a disclaimer on this. Uh, do not eat Stallone's high-protein pudding because it's probably um, long past expired at this time. It'll actually do things that, you know, the opposite of the things the can says it's going to do. So if you find it, if you do find it, don't eat it. Please don't. Oh, we took Sly's money and then we shut no, him don't, down. No, don't eat it. I mean, of all the protein puddings that I usually go for, I would try and go for a celebrity, some face I know, but I guess I'll take my protein pudding money elsewhere. You can't trust anybody these days, Mark, I tell you. I know. If you can't trust alone, but, uh, who can, who can yeah. you trust? It's over there, over there selling Rambo knives and pudding, and making cuts to Rocky Four. Oh, this just there. Um, our um, people so, are handing uh -oh. me another uh -oh. um, sponsor here. Alerts. We got a sponsorship alert. Um, this episode of Heavy Radio is brought to you by the new game for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, Shack Fu. Um, check it out. This game is like uh, this new stunning state-of-the-art graphics where Shaq is an enforcer of justice and um, he's fighting That's weird creatures in a kung fu style known as Shaq Fu. Um, so yeah, check that one out. This is a new, new high, um, high point for technology. And um, also, this episode is brought to you by Steven Seagal's Lightning Bolt. 100% natural, no preservatives, what? Tibetan goji berries, and Asian cordyceps. Yes, you heard that right, cordyceps. This is, um, you know, it's not a knife, it's not aftershave, it's not a weapon. It is an energy drink. Steven Seagal's lightning bolt. Check it out. But with that, you could make yourself a weapon. 
Oh, they're also telling me um, we got to say not to drink that if you find it too, because that's also old, and it may Don't it, it may kill yet. you. You have to pay me. Like like a lightning Tight bolt ponytail. to the dome, it may kill you. That's the first. I think. I think. Uh, I think Steven Seagal is the first one to hit the trifecta mentioned three episodes. I know, man. It's getting out of hand. I like how the Steven or uh, he's getting too. The William now. Shatner was an accident because we didn't. We had our guest last week, more Applebaum, and we didn't even think about that he had worked with William Shatner. So that was just the, you know, some synchronicity. That was the universe that did that. But, but. Um, yeah, there's some the things Seagal, you can't control. You, you can just, uh, control. Accept, I accept it. full responsibility for for talking too much about Steven Seagal. Remember that time I, I showed you show a proto- Remember that time I showed you a prototype a for the Steven Seagal video game? Yes, I have a photo of us uh, playing it. Yeah, some it was somewhere I found on the internet this prototype for a Steven Seagal game, and it was like the. If you ever played the yes. Batman and Robin game, it was kind of like it looked like yeah, that technology. Um, yeah, Batman Forever. Yeah. Um, With that I guess it was going to be called. Like I guess it was going to be called Steven people. Seagal is the final option for Genesis <laughs> and Super NES. I knew the title was still alive. <laughs> Just the, the fact that you know left. you have. You had other you had other options, options, but now your only option is Steven Seagal. So whether you want it whether you wanted it or not, it's your only option. So you have to hope that he's gonna do the action that needs done. And also, you know, the funny the final sounds a lot more. The funny thing the is that this was supposed to come out in ninety four, but by nineteen ninety four, none of the eighteen levels could be completed. So it's like they had this basic gameplay, but you couldn't beat a level. And um, they couldn't. Go. I mean, for the time that they ran it, that they ran out of time, they just couldn't it, do it. It physically it couldn't looks, be done. I mean, it looks interesting. It's worth checking out. I think if you can, uh, you know, find it, it's uh, Steven Seagal is the final option. I feel like since we were just talking about the universe, I feel like it was one of those things that the universe didn't want mankind to have. It was too much. It was the power was too awesome for NES, NES cartridge yeah, to contain. It was like so, it wasn't meant to be. Was we weren't meant to have that power as the humans. T- the Tibetan spirits that he took the goji berries from for his energy drink reached out and struck back. It was karma. With a lot of karate chops. They're like, nope. A lot of smoke. It might be eyes. the only Super NES Smolder. game to have someone with like this, you know, wicked ponytail. It might be the only one. Yeah. Unless the bad guy from Three Ninjas was in the game, but it's been too long for me. Was to Three Ninjas a game? It probably was, wasn't it? I, I bet, bet it, so. it had it to had suck, to right? Someone get our Three Ninjas Kickback is a beat 'em up platformer video game for Sega Genesis, oh, Super is, Nintendo. And Sega CD, huh? That is some eight bit. That is the that is the kids and the grandpa from Three Ninjas in eight. Dude, I forgot form. the. Um, um, looking at it right now. Yeah. Wow. Hot off the press, confirmed. Three Ninjas kickback confirmed. Wow. 
I got, oh, I forgot there was a sequel. I remember Three Ninjas. I forgot there was a I sequel. I feel like we should take a moment to My appreciate bad. Victor Wong, who was the grandpa on Three Ninjas. Amazing actor. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I forgot he was, I forgot he was in Tremors. I, that was on, on the other day. And uh, it made me laugh. He was in only good shit only. Yes. Those are class. Those are three classics right Hell there. Hell yeah. Yep. And let's times. his times. final role. I guess he was back in Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain, also starring Hulk Hogan. Oh no, yeah, Hulk Hogan and Jim Varney. Right? If, am I am I having a stroke, or was there a Three Ninjas movie that starred Hulk Hogan and Jim be. Varney? Yeah. Um, if you're reading Jim it, Varney, I think I might have been. You. I mean, the researchers. If the researchers has handed you this update, Jim Varney, I think, was the bad guy. And Hulk Hogan was so like, help Curtis? them out. Yes. Hulk, I thought Hulk Hogan was. <clears throat> oh, okay. Yeah. He was a good guy. That I think him. so. I'm using my yeah. brain. I mean, I saw it my one time and tried to forget about it. But now I'm trying to remember some for some reason. Mainly just because Victor Wong was in the movie. He's a cool, cool dude. But um, some things we are we can't remember. But yeah, so uh, I almost watched Mr. you might Nanny be excited to learn there was a Three Ninjas game. But just uh, according to GamePro, Tommy Glide of GamePro mm-hmm. was a below-average platform <laughs> adventure. Has last features last generation character graphics and has troublesome troublesome oh, controls. No. However, they did praise the sound effects and acknowledge that fans of the film might like it. Troublesome controls. That's what you want to hear. On a Super Nintendo movie adaptation? I can't believe it. And if the best thing they said about it is that fans of the film might like it, you know, you're probably in trouble. You might like it. (laughs) Yo, if you already like... 50-50 50-50 shot for 50% con- is 20 You already like this content. You might like this game of it. So half the population might like it. That's 25% of humans might like this game. That's math. Mathematics. The New York Times said about Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain that you know things are sad when Hulk Hogan gives the most touching performance in a film. It's possible that you do. I never liked short. It's possible that young children might enjoy this film. God damn! They put a lot. These writers put a lot of roadblocks in between committing to actually saying anything actually happened. They just. You possibly might like it. Maybe you. If you suck, if you're stupid, you might like this album if you only know. The only metal band you know is Metallica. <laughs> you maybe might, I guess. There's a chance. Yeah, I think uh, with, with that. Take a it's stand. time to get into the tracks. Heavy radio playlist. Yep. Bam. Oh wait, that's already taken. So we got to do something Bam. else. Um, uh. No, let's. We'll think well, about it for next time today. Is there any John Madden? <laughs> John Madden Bam. The John Madden Van. The John Madden Boom. Bus. We'll draw little lines on the screen that people can't see. 
They're gonna have to bring out the paramedics we'll on that. that one. My first, my uh, my first track for the playlist is Ronnie James Dio with "Master of the Moon." This was from the tenth and final studio album by Dio, and this uh, came out in two thousand four and uh, had Craig Goldie, Jeff Pilson, and Simon Wright, Scott Warren on keyboards, and. Uh, we, yeah, he actually went on the road with this to tour this album with Fireball Ministry and Anthrax mm-hmm. opening. We 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 saw that live. It was amazing. Um, the rafters shook when they played the song "The Eyes." Um, Pilsen was unable to do the tour, so Rudy Sarzo stepped in. Not a fucking bad replacement, if I might add. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, check it out. This is Master of the Moon, which I think is a really underappreciated Dio song. It's it's up there with with it's up there with his finest tomes in if you ask this guy. Yeah. It's one of those uh one of his slow burners. Um there must like the synergy continues because my first pick is actually Anthrax with Imitation of Life. Um a brutal thrashy track, I would say a one of the cinder blocks in the construction of the thrash metal war building that is a brutal ass track. I don't that one of those that you have to play on eleven and drive hundred and fifty miles per hour. It's just brutal. It makes you want to thrash. If it doesn't make you it makes you want to like throw the table over and break stuff and it's uh it's just brutal and the way they go from a million miles per hour dropping down back to that beginning riff at the that um it's that slow thrashy riff it just that's the breakdown right there that's the yeah and you said take a stand there's another synchronicity this the album was inspired by the stand and that album art was inspired by the stand and uh did you know this song was a reworked version of the of an sod song i did know that I know that riff. And then SOD reworked it again it, on the album riff. Bigger Than the Devil. But yeah, um, great, yep. great song. Yes. Hell yeah. What's My uh, oh, Also a tidbit, the album Among the Living was dedicated to Cliff Burton, who passed away six months before the album release. So there's, uh, let's talk about Cliff again. Why not? I will talk about Cliff every day. Anytime. Um, my next track coming in on 11 is Motorhead, Just Cause You Have the uh, Power. And this, uh, I took this from nice. the B-side, or it was actually on the 12-inch, uh, where a single came out on 12-inch vinyl was Eat the Rich, and that was a song they wrote for Peter Richardson's Peter Richardson's 1987 film called Eat the Rich, and um, this track is amazing to me. It's pretty much a takedown of the power structures of the world and the politicians, uh, just because you got the power. And um, amazing artwork. Um, it was written by Lemmy Wurzel, oh, yeah. Phil Campbell, and Phil Taylor, and. Uh, I mean, if you got Phil Campbell and Filthy Animal Taylor in the same room and Lemmy and Wurzel, mm-hmm. you know something nasty is going to happen. And in this case, it's uh, 
you got the power which came out on that 12 inch in 1987 so um check it out crank it play it on 11 break the dial off motorhead just because you got the power break Break it it off awesome the synergy yet again continues um as you guys uh, might not know listening mark and i did not discuss these um, our picks for the week, really. Um, so well, we're finding out together. And this is the first time we'll set the, the alarms off again. First time we picked wow. the same artist, but wow. different tracks. Uh, that and, gets um, the. That gets the. To have two the tracks Owen on Wilson Award. Wow. Mine is Dio again with Fallen mm. Angels off of the Sacred Heart album. Um, his third studio record. Um, this one just always gets caught in my head. Um, just hooks for days. I mean, when does Dio not have hooks for days? But uh, just badass song. Um, probably doesn't get as many spins as other stuff. Uh, but kick-ass song. Dio the eighth song Angels. on Sacred Heart. Um, so that's yeah, a double Dio song on Sacred Heart. Yes, Screaming sir. out alone in the night, just a time and a place, but it's real all right. It's it's real all right. Oh, man. Even just spoken word. The I feel like are this badass. is one of those records um, where you really want the the LP because that, and just that artwork. I, I remember just looking at it and taking it all in. Badass. It's like a fucking crystal ball with a dragon on it and like some gnarly hands holding oh, yeah. it up and uh you want to talk about albums that cemented our metal love like that's in there those first deal oh yeah like, i i think uh truth, i remember so. putting on those first few deal records and like the record player i had my room was in the basement at the time and i would go upstairs to like get a drink out of the fridge mm-hmm. And I can hear that Jimmy Bain just like coming through the fucking floorboards. Hell yeah. As you should. As you should. So yeah. My next track is Coming in Hots, Iron Maiden with Twilight Zone. Lookouts. This is the this was the fourth single ever by Iron Maiden, released on March second, nineteen eighty one. It was the lead single to the LP Killers. And uh, it's also the first single to feature guitar player Adrian Smith. Um, this track, I don't know, is one of those where I kind of like an underappreciated song in an epic band's catalog. But I've always gravitated for, to this song for whatever reason. It's like a, it's like a lot of shit happens in two minutes and thirty-two seconds. Like I never even remember. I don't even remember that it's <laughs> a that lot short. It does happen. But yeah, like fuck, dude. And f- I think this is one of, um, you know, I would say this is one of Paul Diano's, like really pushing himself on this song. Um, uh, one of his mm. his high points, I think. And uh, a little funny tidbit is. Um, you know the press for whatever reason just wanted to hate iron maiden i uh the, i think you know they kind of criticized the powers that be in the uk and and you know that got them off on the wrong foot but they said this album featured gratuitous sexism they were the media was offended that 
it appeared that Eddie was spying on a young girl in her bedroom, which like, if that's the interpretation you get, you're probably a fucking weirdo. Like, uh, there was someone in the press. There was someone in the press, a journalist that got Iron Maiden's back. And he pointed out that those people were mistaken that the song lyrics and picture on the girl's dressing room table insinuate Eddie is dead and contacting his lover, Charlotte from beyond the grave, thus actually making it the band's first love song. So yeah, fuck you. Creepy (laughs) press people that. that like covered up fucking evil, nasty wrongdoings for fucking many years in the UK. You were, you know, Maiden wasn't weird. It was you that got a weird idea about this picture. It's actually a fucking love song. We're going to put you you in the fucking Iron Maiden. I thought it was... To the Iron Maiden with you. I always thought Eddie's just going to come get you. Either way, I don't think... Iron Maiden's going to get you however how far. Yeah, and whatever. They made that one where Margaret Thatcher was getting fucking axed. But it wasn't because she was a woman. It was because she was fucking doing shady arms deals with fucking Saudi Arabia. What about that time Eddie killed the whole world in Brave New World? Yeah, so what? for all of us. Yeah, who's he... Who's the hate the whole then? World, he, hates, he kills everyone. The whole the world. world. Ed, then he became he became space before he that. Was he was space. just a figment yeah, of he's our been, imagination. He's ephemeral, or however you say that. And seventh son, he was just in the he was in our hearts. Yeah, he came back. Yeah. I don't even he's know what else all. he did. I have to go look at the album covers again. He's been everywhere. Um, my next pick is from. Black Label Society on the board with Bleed For Me. Um, this album, I had always been an Aussie fan and uh, um, knew of Black Label Society's existence, but I think this was 2001? This 1919 Eternal. And back in the day when they used to run... 19, like, yeah, it was March 2002. Yes, what was the date on that? Ha-ha! I was close. <clears throat> I remember that was back in the day when they used to actually run commercials on cable, a thing called cable, and they would actually do album commercials. And I was like half asleep, and I had the TV still on. It's probably watching The Daily Show or something. I don't know, but that the commercial for this album came on. It was Bleed for me, and I was like, "What the shit is that?" And I was like, "Black Label yeah. Society. Who are those guys?" And I was oh, like, oh, Robert Zach Wild. Robert right. Trujillo was on base at that history. time. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, Craig Noonanmacher. He was in. He was in Crowbar. Okay, word. Word. Yeah, that whole album, 1919 Eternal, was my first Black Label album, and it uh, it was another another tentpole record for. for yeah, me and my you you actually turned me mind. on to that record, and I have I'm still cranking it to this day. You gave it to me in 2002. Still still ripping 2020. Mm. Uh, a little funny thing. A a funny thing about disciples. that album was there's a. So this this theme came to be when in physical record releases that you would do like a bonus track to make people in Japan want to buy the record. Um, and uh, on this one, it was just Speedball. It was the track Speedball reversed, and it was just called Speedball backwards, which looked, which looked like Lab Deeps. 
So I, I imagine fucking. They put a lot I imagine of work Zach Wilde was just laughing about that. I don't know. Yeah, they had like five. They have like five minutes before it was going to go out, and they're just like, "Oh, refused, we got to do a bonus refused track." Refused to Let's bow down. All right, good. Oh, Battering man, that ram. Whole record's great. Battering ram. Mass, mur- Bleed mass for murder me. machine. Yeah. Ooh. Graveyard Berserkers. disciples. That whole album is great. And there's a beautiful yeah. instrumental cover of America the Beautiful. Yep, of course. Zach Wilde. So, yeah, check that <laughs> album out if you guys missed that one back in the day. Hell yeah. New, new, All right, new, 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 tracks. new tracks. My first new track is new tracks. Spirit Adrift with Astral Levitation. And this is taken from the album Enlightened in Eternity. It's coming out October 16th, 2020. Get it at spiritadrift.com or through Century Media Records. Uh, This sounds like uh, a really amazing blend. This band, I would say, is not confined to a box. but I would say there is some kind of tasty blend of Dio Sabbath to Alice in Chains to Maiden. Like, I mean, all kinds of good stuff probably inspired this. If I had to take a guess, Spirit Adrift with Astral Levitation. These cats are from Phoenix, Arizona. And um, yeah, just the sheer power of the music. Um has kind of carried this into uh, a being uh, to this, you know, full on badass album with, uh, I guess these, uh, a bunch of badass bands kind of played together in Arizona uh, on tour, Gate Creeper and Paul Bear. And then um, the Chemist Band kind of came out of that. And then um, these other cats went on and kept it going. And you got Spirits Adrift. Um, definitely a band to, to check out and, uh, crank this track. Cause I think, I think this shit I've is legit. Crank it. Spirits Adrift. Balling. Um, my first new pick is by a band called Fire Tiger and the song is called Don't Take Me Home. And this is somewhere in between eighties pop and, uh, metal. It's kind of like eighties pop with that metal edge that, um, some of that pop had back in the day. Um, really cool band, really good songwriting, really catchy stuff. Um, I actually caught an ad for the album and checked it out. So cool stuff. And it's just, yeah, um, it's on the lighter side, but, uh, but it's definitely got that metal flavor to it for, so definitely check out fire tiger. Yeah. It's interesting to me. I can still dig the, the lighter spot of the spectrum and also, you know, the new seems like the the whole, whatever is the heaviest side of the spectrum keeps getting rewritten, like taken to new depths and, you know, between different nasty vocals and different tunings and, other production techniques. It's like we keep getting heavier. Sometimes it's nice to experiment with the opposite side to, to me, I think. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely check that out. My next new track is also has that connection to my first track. This is Paul bear with rite of passage 
This is going to be the fourth Paul Bearer album, Forgotten Days, out nice. October 23rd. You can get this from paulbearerdoom.com or through their record label, Nuclear Blast. Um, sounds fucking fantastic. Uh, doom metal, I would say, with a psychedelic touch that I fucking love. Uh, they're a band from Little Rock, Arkansas. Um and yet again, one of these bands that I think is going to really kind of come to the front of the pack and uh, um, check it out. PaulBearDoom.com. Paul Bear from Little Rock, Arkansas. Hell yeah. Um, <clears throat> going the other direction, um, going the heavier way, this band is called 10,000 Crows, and this song is called The Empress. And if you want to see if your new subs in your car will actually shatter your windows, this is a good track to try it out with. Um, just brutality, but precision, and um, just super aggressive and catchy still. Uh, so um, try to do both sides here. Got a lighter pick and a more brutal one. So definitely check out um, check out 10,000 Crows with The Empress. Well, I think that is it for us today, Marco, on wrapping up with this heavy radio episode 12 on this good day. Um, yeah, it's great talking metal and um, metal times and the Pantera show um, was a fun trip down memory lane. Um, but yeah, man, thanks for the picks you brought and the metal news. Definitely have some new tracks I want to... Um, How yeah, fucking crank, crank it, heavy radio 12. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>